0: So this week is parashat Lech which I would say could not come at a more appropriate time, but you could say that about so many parasha, Parashot because Lech of course, is the Parsha of Aliyah La'aretz. And uh, as uh, you guys know, um, those people who make Aliyah, this is celebrated in a typical year, not this year. In a typical year is Shabbat Aliyah, and all the people who made Aliyah during the year are big kiddush for them, etc. It's a beautiful thing. Um And, of course, all of our learning and all of our tefilot and everything are geared to uh, or aimed towards our brave chayalim and chayalot and really all of the residents and all the volunteers and everybody who is doing everything they can towards the war effort. And this is our part. Uh, But I want to take a look at one phrase of three words uh, that shows up at the beginning of this week's parasha, which is kind of problematic. And I want to look at another piece of the puzzle which is Avraham's movements, because there's something problematic in those movements as well, and hopefully we'll be able to put those together and see what we come up with. Uh, in Source 2, which is the beginning of this week's parasha, And the phrase that, the title of the what does that mean? I'm going to take you to the land that I will show you. So we would assume that that means that Kind of like Bnei Yisrael Bar. there'd be an Anan and show I'm sorry, that's the mistake, Avram would follow the Anan, and the Anan would lead him, but we don't find any such description, uh, and of course it's the famous promises, which we're not going to talk about today, which are being a great nation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and Avram leaves, and we've talked about that before also, that Avram leaving, was it alone, was it with the family, or was it supposed to be? But I want to get to his actual travels in pasuk vav vayavor Avram an mekom Shem. Now, why did Avram leave from Haran and go south? Hashem told him to leave everything behind and to go el haaretz ha'sharreka. How did he know to go south? So that one we can actually clip pretty quickly, because if you look, and this is a not well-known pasuk because it gets buried under the well-known pasuk. If you look at the very end of Parshat Noach, we read it twice. We read it once in Shvi and once in Maftir. The, the, the second to last pasuk in Parshat Noach is about Terach's Aliyah. I don't think about Terach as So He takes the family, except for Nahor and Milka. Interesting. They leave Ur-Kasdim, which is in Iraq, to go to Canaan, via Haran, via Ishvusham. Now, we've talked about this in the past, but very quickly, uh, going from Ur Kasdim to uh, Eretz Canaan should be a fairly straight west shot. So, why does he go to Haran? Why is that on the way? And the answer is very simply because you cannot travel from Iraq to Israel straight if you don't have a plane, because it's desert. And if for the only way to travel, and if the only way people would travel in the ancient world, is to travel north, following the Euphrates up to the headwaters, and then you're there in northern Syria, southern Turkey, then you turn around and you move south and come down to Canaan. That's why, by the way, in Tanakh, Babel, Babel is called Safon. Even though if you look on a map, Bavel is pretty much east-northeast, of Israel, nonetheless, we call it Safon. The Yumial Paragalaf means Safon because from their perspective it was north. You went north to get there. And so Terah's journey went north and he stopped in Haran. But his aiming he was aiming for Canaan. So it's as if Akkodish who speaks to um, Avram and Haran and says, Okay, finish the job, finish the finish the journey. So we do get right away why Avraham goes south. And he goes towards Canaan, which was his father's aim. But then things get more interesting. That's a bit of an anachronism as to be shown and bring up because Shem doesn't exist yet. But it's the place by the time Moshe Obed is writing the Torah. It's known as Shem. So he writes, Shem Ad Elon Moret. Uh, that's its own parsha. And now, and now, Hashem appears to Avram and says to him, I'm giving this land to your kids. Now remember, Hashem had said, the land that I'm going to show you. So he doesn't show him the way, at least not that we hear of, But we, and we assume that he got the way by just continuing his father's journey. But when he arrives at Shechem, which seems to be at this point the beginning of his entrance to Eretz Yisrael, or it's Canaan, Eretz Avraham, if you will, Hashem appears to him and says, I'm giving this land to your kids. Now, what would you expect Avram to do at that point? Based on the psukim that we've seen, Avram should stop and settle down. After all, Hashem said, I'll make you a great nation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He comes to a place and Hashem says, this is the land I'm giving it to you, your kids. Instead, what does he do? So he builds a mizbeach to Hashem. Doesn't say what he does there. We don't hear about korbanot. We don't hear about tefillah. We don't hear about kriya b'shem Hashem. He builds a mizbeach, and immediately, at least from the sense of the text, I want to look at that word hahara for a second. He moves from there to the mountains. And he moves in the mountains so that he's situated at a spot which is east of Beit El and west of, as we'll see in a minute, west of Ha'ai. Beit El miyam v'ai mi meaning Beit El is to his west and Ha'ai is to his east. He's between those two cities. Now, what's HaHara? So you know Shechem, and you know that Shechem is in a valley between two big mountains. Not just big mountains, between two big mountain ranges because Har-Grizim is the northernmost tip of the mountain range that starts below Hebron. That's the mountains of Hare Yehuda, and then Hare Ephraim. Ephraim. And then another range starts there, which is Hare Val, and continues going further north. But in the middle of that is this valley, which of course was an ancient trade route that went through there, and that's where Shechem is. So he comes to Shechem, meaning in the city of Shechem, the city was later called Shechem, and he builds a his beach there, and then he goes up the mountain and goes in between these two cities. Why is he doing that? So some of the rishonim point out that the answer is actually in Pasuk Vav, because Avram comes to a place, and he's supposed to establish a great nation and be a blessing, etc., but the problem is, meaning that there's already people living there in Shechem. So Hashem marks it. This is the land, but there's two clues to Avram that maybe he needs to continue moving. And what the first clue is, which means this is the land, but the land's not just this, and I can't establish myself here because there's already residents. The second thing is when Hashem says, meaning, I'm not giving this land to you, I'm giving it to your kids. Now remember, what did Hashem promise him about his kids? There are going to be a gazillion of them which means it's not, it, this is not going to be enough of an area either, which means i got to keep moving. And he's starting to take a different approach, which is not just go to the land, but go through the land. Now, why does he go south? Why doesn't he go from Shem? He could go west and go to the sea, or he could go east and go to the Jordan. Instead, he goes south, continues south. So evidently, he understood that the direction that he had started on was the direction to continue with. But there was something else, which is that in the mountainous area there was much greater likelihood that he would find uninhabited uninhabited territory, and evidently he does because when he gets to this spot between Beit El and Ha'ai, he sets up in his be'ach and he doesn't leave yet, and he and what he does is there he actually sets up a revival tent, whatever you want to call it. He calls it in Hashem's name. Is he praying? Is he teaching? But he's not just building his back and leaving. He does something at the time he's back. And that spot becomes an important spot, as we'll see in a little bit in the narrative. But he doesn't stop there. Evidently, he's still looking. So, he continues to move south and south and south, until finally, he goes down to Egypt when there's a famine. Now, the Ramban here is such a famous Ramban. Uh, the Ramban maintains that Avram sinned in two ways in the Egyptian story. One of them is, of course, with the Sarah thing. We're not going to touch that one now, uh, pun intended. But the first one is, and I bolded it, Gam min ha'aretz nitstavel Ramban claims that Avram leaving the land was a sin. Why? Because, God, what do you, you consider? A famine. God said, go to the land, I'll make you a great nation. He should have trusted Hashem, he should have stayed in the land, and Hashem will find a way to feed him during the famine. Why does he have to go? I'd like to suggest a defense of Avram. Now, I'm not comfortable taking on the Ramban, but to defend Avram, I'm willing to do it. And I I think that there is a built-in defense of Avram in, in the text itself. And that is the following. What did Hashem tell him to do? Hashem told him to go to the land that I will show you. The first thing that happens when he gets to Shem, which now seems to be the northernmost point of that land for now, Hashem appears and says, I'm giving this land to your kids. And then the two mitigating factors that we saw drive Avram to continue traveling, and he travels and finds evidently some more open land so there's not; he's not in a city he's between two cities, like the Sforno says, a road where he can encounter lots of passersby but he's not in an inhabited place so there's room for him to do that um, and then he continues traveling southward because now he understands I have to wait until, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, kind of gives me the southern border of this I got the first border I know there's more, so he keeps traveling. He keeps traveling south, and then there's a famine. Now, Ashkodesh Baruch Hu said, El Ha'aretz Asher areka. I will show you. How is that supposed to happen? So, I'll take you to a famous Midrash that will be at the end of our road, and I mean that literally. When Avram is commanded to go up to the Akedah, to do the Akedah, what is he told? He said, What's the end of the pasuk? Remember, Asher Omar Take him and do an olah, whatever that may mean, for we it, on the on one of the mountains that I will tell you, which means the general area is Moriah, but which mountain I'll tell you. Now we never find Akkardesh Baruch who's saying to him that's the mountain. So the Midrash is bothered by that. What does the Midrash do? The Midrash says that, and because remember, Avram sees the place, and that's when he tells the two lads, you stay here with the donkey, and me and the boy are going to go and worship. How does Avram know which mountain it is? So the beautiful Midrash says, He saw a cloud kind of hovering over the mountain, kind of like the divine finger pointing at the mountain. This is the place. So Avram's kind of waiting for that. So if you're Avram, what do you do? You came to Shechem, Hashem appeared, but clearly that's not the end of the place, that's the beginning. You keep moving, Hashem has not appeared to you yet. And now you're moving further south, and what suddenly happens? There's a famine. You can look at the famine as a challenge. You can look at the famine as a temptation, meaning a temptation to leave and you shouldn't leave, that's the Ramban. You could look at the famine as a challenge. How am I going to balance my obligation to be in the land with my need to go get fed? Or you could look at the famine as a sign. Hashem said, Asher areka, I will show you. Maybe this is how he's showing him. Because after all, when there's a famine in the Middle East, where does everybody go? Everybody goes to Egypt. And so maybe Avram reasons, Avram reasons that <clears throat> the southern border of this land is Egypt. So he goes to Egypt. And I think that's a, a safe defense against the Ramban's attack. What happens in Egypt? He's in Egypt. Clearly things don't go well. Sarah gets taken. He has to lie about it. Sari gets taken. Paro gets plagued. Avram got all these gifts. And then Avram got booted out of the country. And his passport said, persona non grata. You may not return here. He's not, front, he's not welcome there. Not like Avimelach and Gerar. Here Avram's booted out. Now you're Avram, what are you reasoning? You're reasoning that, well, I guess this isn't the place. Because Hashem made a famine, so I went down there. But when I got there, I realized it's not the place because I got thrown out. And a person that's quite inhabited also. So Avram moved back. Notice where he goes to. In, 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 uh, Gimel, the beginning. He basically follows his footsteps backwards. And where does he go? To. He goes back to where that Mizbeach was. And again, so he goes back to that Mizbeach, the second one he built. And he continues to call out in Hashem's name. Why did he go back there? Because evidently, that's one place that I know is still safely within the land. I don't know how far south it goes. And now what happens at that spot? There's another sign. What's the other sign? Lot's shepherds and Avram shepherds get in a fight. And by the way, why do they get in a fight? Simple shot is, Bakanimah Prizi Azor Sheh because there's too many people in the land and there's not enough open space for two groups of shepherds to be able to graze. So they get in a fight. And what does Avram say to Lot? What's Avram's offer to Lot? Take a look in source 5. Halachola the. nami The whole, The whole land's in front of us. Separate. What does Avram mean when he talks about the land? He does not mean Haifa, he does not mean Tel Aviv, he does not mean Mechola. That's in the Bika for those of you who don't know. He says, north What does that literally mean? North and south. Exactly. Doesn't mean you go one way, I'll go the other. It means if you go north, small, I'll go to the south. Where's north? North is Shechem. We're south. Well, south's got to be further south than where they are. And now Avram is on the mountain range, and that's part of the land, so south could be to the southern end of the mountain range. That's now all within the land. Avram now appreciates that. Now, of course, Lot takes neither suggestion. He goes east, he goes down, he goes stone, and that's the end of Lot. We're not going to go back to Lot. What uh, what happens after Lot separates? Here's where we get new information about where he's supposed to go. Now, Avram is standing in basically Har Ephraim. This is near Betel. And from there, you can really see on a clear day, you can see in all directions quite well. You can certainly see Herzliya, you can see Tel Aviv, you can see Ashtod from there, probably, right? And you can see the Ardain. You can see the Gilad. see a lot. So he's looking all four directions. This is new. Because up until now, we only had one spot, and some vague sense of going south. Now, every direction you look, everything you're going to see is going to be yours and to your kids. Which means now, the gift is being moved up from being just futures to now. And then, what does Hashem command Avram to do? Walk the breadth of the land. That's from the famous Sheet of and in, in Bobatra, kinyan Halicha. You make a kinyan by walking it based on this in that way, but that's this is the, the source. So Avram now is getting us starting to get a sense that the land is not just that strip of mountain, but the land also goes to the east and the west. Oh. And we're getting a better sense of what Asher Araka means. What is this land that I'm going to show you? So where does Avram go? He goes to Chevron. Chavron, of course, is the last major town on the south side of the mountain range. And Hevron and Shechem are sort of sister cities in that way, but not really because Shechem is in the lowlands, in the valley, whereas Hebron is one of the highest places on that mountain range. Now, Avram stays in Hebron. This is still within the land of Asher Areca. He's also already gotten a sense, whether he's already walked it or not, gotten a sense of the breadth of the land. And he's still in Hebron when the war with the kings happened, you see in Source 7. And... Then suddenly we find that Avraham moves to Beersheba. In the past, we've talked about Hebron versus Beersheba and what parts of, his, of their lives did the Avot live in one versus the other. But Avraham now finds himself in Beersheba. Why Beersheba? So if you think about it from a topographical and geographical perspective, Beersheba is really the sister to Shechem. Where is Beersheba? Beersheba is at the bottom of Har Shevron. And Shechem is at the bottom of Har, Har Ephraim, meaning of Har Grizim. And so these two poles of where he lives, between Shechem and Ber and everything in between it are where he constantly gravitates. Right? And we see that he's that he continues to be in Ber when uh, when Yitzhak is weaned, because when Ishmael is sent out, it's been Bar Ber and he stays in Beersheba and he doesn't build a Mizbeach there, but what does he build? He sets up a terebinth, meaning a big tree with big shade, right? And he calls out in Hashem's name. And so we're starting to see Avram operate in the territory. So all of this is Avram's understanding of events and of Sivuye Hashem as giving him the contours of the land that he's supposed to go to, where he's supposed to do this. So Avram leaving the land as we see it to go to Mitzrayim, from Avram's perspective, wasn't leaving the land. It was testing the boundaries. Avram's offer to Lot is to stay within the land, because at that point, Avram's perspective of the land is simply the mountain range from Har Grizim down to Har Chevron. After Lot leaves, surprise, surprise, Lot hasn't really left the land. Avram doesn't know that. But surprise, Hashem says to him, look, east, west, north, and south, and it's all yours, which means Stom is part of the land. That's new information for Avram. But he still stays in in the area of Hebron. And then he, he moves and he goes towards Gerar after the destruction of Stom, which means Stom he sees now as land that is his and land he's responsible for. And therefore, the east, and therefore also the west. Gerar is also part of his land. Right? And and so that's now part of this, this larger picture. And he continues to circle around. And then comes the evocative echo of the command of the Akedah. You take a look at it. What happens? Achared V'im Ha'ela. Hashem speaks to Avram. What does he say? Kachnan, take a look at it. At Bincha Asher Haftat and compare that to Lacha Moladcha Me'Tavicha. Three terms of endearment of his past that he has to leave. Three terms of endearments of his fu- of endearment of his future that he has to be willing to give up. Bincha and then what's the key words? which means if you're Avram and you're hearing this, boy, that sounds familiar. Al ha Moriah sounds a lot like Asher Areka, and the verb a plays a critical role in this whole story of the Akedah. And wh- how does it end? Va'aleh sham Al Achad Harim Asher is the final pasuk in Asher Areka. It's the final statement of Asher Areka, Asher Omar so which means Avram's finally, after all these years of wandering and of moving around, going to find out what the real place Asher HaRakai is. And what does he do? haMakom. 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 is finally a central feature in Avram's travels here in the Akedah. And at the end of the story, what happens? Avram, shem That's the place. Why Adonai Yireh? Because Hashem. We appear before Hashem. Because Hashem appears to us. Because this is the land that Hashem showed us. It's all about showing and seeing. And being seen. And so Avraham's entire life. Which starts at age 75. And culminates at the Akedah. Of course he lived 75 years before that. He lives however many years. We don't know how old Avraham was at the Akedah. But if he was 137, according to the Midrash, so there's another 38 years that he has. All those years are on both sides of his career. His career is from 75 to, to the Akedah, the main, main parts of his career. And they're bounded by Asher areka to Asher Omar Elacha. And ultimately, he finds that that spot is the spot that Hashem is showing him where it's all going to happen. And that spot, of course, is Har And then we understand the absolute centrality of Har HaMoriah to us, which is why in Deirah Yamin Bet, Peragimot, Pasuk Aleph, we're told that Shlomo builds the house of Hashem in Har HaMoriah. That's the first time Har HaMoriah is associated with the Beit HaMikdash. But we understand the drive of that. Because what we now understand is that when Hashem said El Haaretz HaShareka, he was telling him two things. There is a land with boundaries, north, south, east, and west. And that will be as far as you can see from near Betel. And then there is the place, which is the focal point of that, which ultimately is Har ultimately is the center. And so what we have seen over the course of this past uh, 25 minutes or so is the problem with the command of Asher Araka. How does he know where he's supposed to go? Why he builds a Mizbeach in Shechem, because that's a boundary. He's building it at the boundary. But he doesn't do anything with the Mizbeach yet. He moves further into the land where there's a spot where it's uninhabited. And then he actually starts calling out. He does the same thing in uh, in Hebron, but he does the same thing in Beersheba, but not in Mizbeach. He's no longer in the mountain territory. So he plants a, 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 uh, an Eshel and there does the same thing, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. Again, his move to Egypt was part of this same search. He's not leaving the land. And so ultimately, the search is concluded. And by the way, remember, he's willing to go west off the mountains to Grar only after he is told that east is also part of his land. And that's when he takes responsibility for Stone and pleads for Stone and watches the destruction of the mountain and moves because suddenly he's responsible for that land. It's not the narrow strip of the mountains, but it's the breadth of the land from, and I'm going to borrow this because it's our term, from the river to the sea. And Avram could say Hashem gave it all to me, and it's all to Am Yisrael from the river to the sea, and so, um, and so we we see Avraham's career as being one of a constant journey with a broadening and then a focusing of Hamakoma Sharaka, ultimately to get to the place that he names Hashem Yir'eh, as we say Bahar Hashem And now suddenly the mitzvah of Al Yalaregal takes on a different a different Hugh. It's not just that we come up to visit the Beit HaMikdash the Shiknoti Rushu, Vata and see be there three times a year. We're reenacting Avraham's journey every time we make Ali Alaragal because it's all about Bahara Hashem Asher Araka, And Hashem we will be zochah uh, very soon to be able to see the entire land and see the entire land resting Shalom Batuach. Uh, after our brave chayalum and chayalot and bechaste shemayim and with good leadership, uh, are successful in utterly destroying the infrastructure of evil and of uh, and of returning all of the shvuyim safely to their homes.